2: before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium take it away man. it's time for Dodger baseball <laughs>
1: What's going on, Dodgers fans? Thank you for listening to the last episode of 2022's edition of the Incline Dodgers podcast. Thank you so much, Incline listeners. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, subscribe, give us a five star rating, subscribe on YouTube, all that fun jazz. We are presented by the Fan Sided Podcast Network. This is Kevin Klein here. Jake Reiner is out, but we brought back a friend, good friend of ours, Chris Camello, who is in the building today. Chris,
2: what's new? Oh, man, just uh, recovering from, you know, we're, we're in that weird transition mode of holidays. Y- you, uh, one door closes in Christmas, another one opens in, in New Year's. So uh, just, yeah, just trying to end the year on a high note. And I couldn't be happier talking Dodgers w- with you fine gentlemen.
1: Thank you. Yes, the Dodgers have not really done anything since our last episode, uh, but pushing you all or hope you all had a very great Christmas. Happy New Year's. We wanted to make sure we got one more episode in before it is 2023. So hopefully uh, Friedman and the crew gets going. We got a couple random segments because, like I said, there's not much going on. But David Rosenthal, what's new with you, Michigan?
3: Michigan, big game tomorrow. College football playoff against TCU. Have high expectations. Uh, that's pretty much what's going on. Nothing really dodgers related they officially announced jd martinez which was cool uh and jake reed is is gone yet again for the eighth time in a row so obviously the the elephant in the room is that they haven't released trevor bauer yet or they haven't traded him or they haven't reinstated him uh not really sure what the holdup is there but i'm sure we can get into that in a little bit but in my opinion this is a an easy call but uh we can talk about that later
2: for sure Chris, was there anything you wanted to start the show off with? I'll defer to you. You know, uh, not to dispose of the 500-pound elephant in the room, but I think we would be remiss if we did not address the Trevor Bauer situation first because anything that I had on tap is basically small potatoes compared to <laughs> that story. But um, it's a very interesting position. You know, I mean, he's been suspended. Then all of a sudden, The brakes got pumped on that, so he's essentially been reinstated. This would be his final year under the Dodger contract. And while everybody, or I shouldn't say everybody, a lot of people want him gone. And it looks, of course, according to a report I saw from John Heyman, that seems to be the case. But I want to play devil's advocate just for a moment, just for a moment, because at the end of this day, at the end of the day, guys, Trevor Bauer won two court cases. Two court cases went in his favor. The the um the what you call it the restraining order got dismissed, and then any sort of criminal charges were dismissed. Not to mention the so the quote unquote victim never wanted to release her text messages. So I think it, when you just look at the legal aspect, I understand we are in a time now where one strike and you're out. I understand that. There's a bigger issue at society here. However, at the end of the day, this guy's not going to jail. He serves suspension. They they, they reinstated him. If you have to pay him anyway, that's the other thing. It's not like you release him and that's it. You pay him zero. You got to pay him anyway. Why not kick the tires on a potential, might as well throw him out there. I get it. It's a character thing, but this idea of just, Paying him twenty two million dollars to to go away, just as a business move, does not make sense to me. And your rotation could use one more number two, number three caliber arm. Kev, I know how you feel about this, but I wanted to throw that out there just just to kind of get get the get the the wheels greased a little bit.
1: I respect that. At the end of the day, I'm going to back whatever the Dodgers decision is. I'm not going to be one of Agreed. those fans that cry and say, oh, I can't support this team anymore. Or, I'm going to boycott every day Bauer pitches. Um, you know, The I think the heart for a lot of Dodgers fans wants to see Bauer back because he is under contract, like you just mentioned, and it, it would suck to have $22 million essentially go down the tubes, and the Dodgers rotation is a little thin, I, I would say, one or two injuries and we're kind of scrambling to find another arm Mm -hmm. but i'm thinking i'm thinking with my mind here and the reality is trevor bauer hasn't pitched since the middle of 2020 yeah we're now gonna be april 2023 or 2021 sorry 2021 bauer 2023 spring
3: training bauer uh 2022. A, oh yeah. You're right. Wow. It is yeah. 2023.
2: Yeah. yeah no. So money. he last pitch, I believe it was late May or early June of 21. Yeah.
1: You're right. So let's just say it's close to two years. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's a year, eight months, regardless.
2: Right.
1: We saw what happened to David price after he opted out of 2020 and that wasn't even a full season. He couldn't even get back to starting pitching form. Bauer hasn't been, Bauer has not been a, around daughters staff players in that time frame. I don't know where he's at in terms of being stretched out. I would think that if he was able to incorporate himself back into the Dodgers pitching staff, he's probably not going to be a starter, at least to kick off the season. He'd be a reliever. Is he worth a bullpen piece? I don't know. That's a different debate. I don't think you're going to get starting pitcher Trevor Bauer. And another thing that is kind of obvious, whether you want to admit it or not, he was an open cheater. He flat out tweeted, put out YouTube videos saying, I'm going to crack the code. I'm going to use all these substances. You can argue whether they were illegal or not, but at the end of the day, they weren't supposed to be substances that you could use. He would stick the ball to his hand and call out Rob Manfred. And I think that was kind of why he got the big suspension in the first place. He was kind of bad when they implemented that new rule. And I think, we only had it for a few weeks before he got suspended inevitably, but his numbers and the spin rate, they were noticeable. The spin rate started to drastically decline. He was starting to serve up home runs left and right. I think his season for 2021 ended with a 403 FIP, so it wasn't exactly like he was pitching out lights out anyways. But I guess to wrap what I'm trying to think say here, this isn't going to be 2020 Cy Young, Trevor Bauer and a shortened season. I think this is going to be some mid-pitcher And I don't think the drama and the tailwinds that are going to come with this are ultimately worth it.
3: Yeah, so here's where I stand on this. This is a no-brainer in my mind. You just cut him. If you can find a trade partner, be my guest. But there's just too much baggage at this point. I'm not going to comment. I don't know exactly what happened. And obviously, he's not going to jail and all that. He looks pretty guilty to me from what I've seen. But that's not my place to comment. My place is to talk about the Dodgers. This guy does not fit on the Dodgers. He just doesn't. This team is already going through a transitory period. Justin Turner is gone. A bunch of other guys are gone. The locker room is going to be much different than it has been in the past three to four years. And that you just, I just don't see it working with him as a Dodger, let alone the PR aspect of it. I mean, yes, you can say the Braves brought back Marcelo Zuna, who did get arrested. Uh and Yankees and, brought
2: back Chapman.
3: Yeah. So there is a precedent of teams bringing guys, you know, domestic violence. Uh, uh, issues back, but I just don't see it happening. And I, I agree with Kevin. I, I don't know what kind of pitcher we're gonna get, even if they do bring him back. He wasn't great post sticky stuff ban. He hasn't pitched in a while. I'm assuming he stayed he stayed healthy and and, and stayed on his on his pitching routines because he's that's all he that's all he does is YouTube and all that stuff. But I just don't see I just don't see the fit anymore. You know, I was a big proponent of the Dodgers signing him in the first place. I, I you know I didn't mind him going at people online and, and being kind of a you know, a, a big promoter of himself, but at this point, there's just too much drama. There's too much uncertainty in the current locker room. Who's going to take over Justin Turner's leadership role? Is Mookie, are Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman gonna gonna do that? And if you throw Trevor Bauer in there, I think that makes it too difficult to form a new culture and a new locker room and to build on what they had. Uh, and I just don't think it's. I just don't think they're gonna do it. I just don't think the Dodgers are going to do what the Braves and the Yankees did, uh, bringing back guys. So I, I think it's just easier to just cut him. If you, like I said, if you can find someone to take that money, great. Throw in some, you know, possibly a prospect that you don't see a future with the Dodgers, and then you have some more flexibility to stay under the tax. But in terms of Bauer, I'd say there's a ninety-eight percent chance they're going to cut him.
2: Yeah. And you guys are right. I'm not trying to say, Oh, well, you're wrong because of this where I will push back a little bit. You can't compare Kevin. I think you brought up the David price situation. David price had already had a history of injuries. He was already coming off a really serious elbow surgery that cost him the second half of the 2019 season Bauer. It's been pure suspension. He doesn't have any other health issues that I know of. So if he, if you come in to January saying this is going to be a guy in the rotation, now that gives him two months essentially before pitchers and catchers actually have to report to spring training. And it gives him time to start building himself up, not to mention a full month of spring knowing, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start. And I know where my body is not to mention. And here's another aspect, the one year thing. It's one year. You know, if this guy wants to continue his career Just like with the Kyrie Irving situation, I said this, and obviously that kind of blew up in my face, but he's now starting to, I said going into the season, Kyrie uh, with the Nets was going to be on good behavior because he wants to land himself a new contract, a multi-year deal, right? Now, in Bauer's case, it's a little bit different. One-year deal, essentially, come in, show what you can do as a pitcher, keep your mouth shut, don't bring up even the past situation. Can
0: he do that, though? I don't that's, think he can do that's that. That's a
2: million-dollar question. So, but also, given the fact that you're going to have to pay him out $22 million to not be with the team, honestly, David and Kev, I respect your guys' opinion. I cannot swallow that. More than likely, the safe route is going to be like, let's just cut him, we'll take it on the chin, and we'll move on if we can't find a trade partner, which no one's going to want to help the Dodgers, and certainly no one's going to want to take on a potential headache with the baggage in the form of Trevor Bauer. However... If you have no other options, aren't you better off just seeing what he's got? Because you could cut him anytime. So why not see what he can do during the spring? It gives you a stronger sample size. Has he recovered from the lack of the sticky stuff, substance, whatever? Has he put all that other baggage behind him? And if he could do that, prove to be a good teammate and a number three caliber starter, are you not better off just keeping him in the mix? From a business perspective,
3: absolutely. But this isn't strictly business anymore. This is a whole new facet. There's a whole, there's a bunch of other factors. I just don't, I just don't see an organization like the Dodgers doing that. I think it sucks and it's going to be a tough pill to swallow eating the 22 million. But I think that's what they're going to do. And I think frankly, in terms of a PR perspective, I think that's what they have to do.
1: Yeah. Ultimately, I do agree with everything you're saying, Chris, but I know this Dodgers team and what I'm waiting to hear from them, or at least show it, are they going to go over that $233 million luxury tax threshold? Because if they're not, then yeah, maybe there's a stronger case to pitch Bauer because they need the depth. If they're going to show that they're going to go over it, this team year after year has expensed terrible contracts, whether it's Carl Crawford, Homer Bailey, last year with David Price and Craig Kimbrell.
2: Brandon oh, McCarthy, 30- Scott Kazmir,
1: Yeah, it's exactly like $22 million is is nothing to this team. But the big question is, Are they going to spend? Are they willing to hit that third year of penalties? If so, that means they're going all in. If they're not, then this is going to be a conservative roster and we're kind of stuck with what we got. And that's going to actually lead to another question in a few minutes from one of our listeners. But just wanted to throw that out there.
2: Yeah, more than more than likely, I agree with you guys. They're probably I I think John Heyman, I know he's made a few mistakes, but I think he's got this one right. A few? <laughs> a few. <laughs> hey, it's Christmas time, man. I don't wanna I don't want to jump on anybody during Christmas time. <laughs> uh no, but I, I was just looking at it. I mean, listen, if the five for the Dodgers in their rotation this year are Urias, Kershaw, Dustin May, Tony G and Noah Syndergaard. I'm good with that with guys like Pepe and Grove and maybe Bobby Miller uh, in the mix. Who knows? There might be somebody else who who might emerge or another, Hey, there, here's another flyer signing on somebody like that. Uh, you know, somebody who is, who is a cast off. There could be any of that. I'm just saying the more depth, the better. This guy is, is not just some schmo uh, he can actually pitch. And I think, if you can give him a second chance here, you're kind of killing two birds with one stone here. You're you're actually helping this guy potentially further his career and beyond the Dodgers and saying, hey, we're giving you something nobody else is. And that's going to be one more opportunity. And you're helping to beef up your rotation. And there's no dead money on the books. But you're right. More than likely, they're going to take that hit because of the history. And, you know, they've been willing to take on bad contracts and deal with it on the, on the back end with Price, with Bailey, with McCarthy, with uh, with Kazmir. take your pick. But this is a little bit different because he's also fulfilling a need. And I think that's where it gets a little bit dicey. So we'll see what happens, though. But more than likely, I, I agree.
1: No doubt. I think we'll leave it there. The decision is coming down soon. January 6th is the deadline. Otters <laughs> have to either put him on the 40-man, Or they have to cut them. Au revoir, Shoshana. (laughs) Let's do uh, three quick listener questions. First up from Ralph underscore Mason Jr. Who's the best Dodgers prospect or best package you'd be willing to trade for outfielder Brian Reynolds? And this is actually a pretty good question because just a few days ago from John Morosi, he listed Dodgers in the top three as a strong candidate to acquire the center fielder from the Pittsburgh Pirates.
3: So I'm just going to answer this question a different way. Nobody, because the Pirates are going to ask for everything. So their package, I already know what they're going to ask for, and it's just a hard no for me. So if I had to answer the question, maybe uh, uh, Andy Pajes and Michael Grove or maybe Pepio, maybe, but that that's that's the limit of what I would trade. And they're going to ask for like Stone, Miller, Cartaya, Pa has all of them. So it's just a hard no for me. Yeah, I agree I, with that.
2: I, yeah, no, and uh, I'll second that, David. I would say if you are going to trade, it, it, there's got to be a no-hit list, and I think the names you just mentioned, Pa has uh, uh, Jacob Amaya, Diego Cartaya, Miller, and Stone. I would say no. Maybe I'd flirt with uh, Parting Ways with Landon Knack. Uh, who, who seems to have some pretty good stuff? Maybe a guy like Pepio as well, and or Grove. But yeah, if they're gonna want three or four of the elite prospects, just like remember when the Marlins were trying to gouge the Dodgers when they were talking about uh, trading for JT Realmuto, and they wanted Bell yeah, and, and they wanted they wanted Will Smith, and they wanted all these other guys. No way. I mean, Brian Miller. Uh, excuse me, Brian Reynolds is a nice player, no question about it would certainly fulfill a need in the outfield, but not at the expense of all these elite level prospects. Absolutely no, not. No shot.
1: Jacob Amaya, though. Really?
2: I just threw that name out there. I know his name. <laughs> I so I was know say, that's there. like, <laughs> that's
1: like one of these guys doesn't belong type of meme. <laughs> Next up from a Amazola 24. Who would you guys be willing to trade Bobby Miller for? I'll go first. So I kind of compare him to Walker Buehler in a sense where when Walker Buehler was just on the cusp of making the majors and his name was thrown out a lot of trade rumors like Machado, Darvish, I had him as untradeable. There wasn't anybody with like the exception of Mike Trout, I'd be willing to trade Walker Buehler for. I'm putting Bobby Miller in that same tier. Unless it's Shohei Otani, I don't think there's any player that I'm interested in trading him for.
2: Agreed. Yeah, I would say Otani, Otani or Bust at this point. Awesome. Um, last question from at Flip2J.
1: Do you guys think that the Dodgers did enough to win it all for this upcoming season? Assuming that there's no more trades from this point on until the trade deadline?
2: Um on the surface, no, because they let a lot of good free agents go. Uh, but at the same point in time, I am also not a fan of the contracts that these some of these guys got. Yeah. 11 years for Bogarts, 11 years for Trey Turner. I mean, it, I, I would have, if Trey Turner would have said, I'm coming back for seven or eight years or like seven years with like an eighth year option or something like that, or, or maybe a Machado type deal where it's like 10 years with that six year opt out, then I would have entertained it a little bit more. But the fact of the matter is I don't like the deals that these dudes got. So I am actually okay with them not going after DeGrom or re-signing Trey or Bogarts or or even Dansby Swanson, who got a contract similar to Marcus Simeon last winter from the Texas Rangers. Um, The fact of the matter is I think they're tweaking it. They realized we went as far as we could with this group. It was only good enough to extend our season by four games. So at that point, something's got to change. We've got these young guys. Let's bring them up. We still have a good stable of all-star and MVP caliber guys like Betts, like Freeman, Will Smith. Hopefully he'll be an all-star this upcoming year. Uh, Max Muncie will bounce back. Really the X factor of this team is going to be Gavin Lux, how good he is both defensively and offensively, because he can't just hide out in that nine spot anymore. Even though he was productive there, they're going to need him to be more productive in that six, seven holes. But as, as far as free agency went, no, I don't think they did a lot, but... I understand why they they did what they did.
3: I'm content with what they did. Uh, I think JD Martinez is a great signing. I think that's what they were kind of missing last year, honestly. And like Chris said, I mean, you had an all-star team last year and you played four extra games. You couldn't beat the Padres. You just couldn't beat them. You won one game and you should have won. You should have easily swept them, in my opinion. So, yes, I think they've done enough until the trade deadline. Uh, There's going to be some pieces available at the deadline that they can acquire. But I think this team can absolutely win the World Series with this roster. I mean, what's the point of having prospects if you're not going to use them? So this is a good year for these prospects to come up, see what they can do and and contribute. Uh, And finally, you know, I feel like last year the the team was a lot of guys who, one, had already won a World Series and two, were kind of looking ahead to next you know, next year in terms of free agency. So I think this team is going to have a nice mix of veterans, guys who have one and guys who are coming up for the first time or haven't won one and, and want to prove that prove themselves as a major leaguer. So yes, I, I, yes is the answer to my question uh to that question. I certainly think that the Dodgers can win it all because
1: at this point there's just too much volatility now where, the playoffs are a total crap shoot. apparently you just make the playoffs as a whether it's the Braves from two years ago the Phillies from last year and you can make the World Series so in that sense yes I think they did enough to get back to the playoffs and potentially make the World Series or win the World Series um, but on paper if I had to pick a team to win the NL pennant right now I don't feel comfortable picking the Dodgers as it currently stands
2: and I'm cool with that, actually. For once, it's not nice for them to not have this World Series or bust mentality and put that on the Padres, put that on the Yankees, put that on the Astros, put that on other other people. We are going to remind people what we are capable of doing. And the, the analogy that I have used, and I threw this out there to, to Jake uh, on Twitter one time, can the 2023 Dodgers take a page out of the book of the 2022 Golden State Warriors? good mix of veterans with something to prove along with young guys ready to take that next step forward and supplement helping out the, the, the veteran stars. And you saw that with guys like Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins and, and Gary Payton, II second and Jonathan Kaminga and those guys with the Warriors can Vargas outman, Bobby Miller, uh, uh, Andy Paez, Bush, whoever gets called up this year and actually has a prominent role. Can they do that with the vets like Betts? Freeman, Muncie, Smith, etc.
1: All right. So we haven't done this in a while and I'm excited, but we're about to do a draft guys. And this draft will be presented by Tick Pick. You need to get concert tickets, go to a sporting event. There's a lot of events and action going on. New Year's Eve's around the corner. If you want to go to the best ticket site out there, download the app for Tick Pick. You can save some money if you're a first time purchaser as well. Off your first purchase of $49 or more, just by using the promo code Incline all caps on the tick pick app. No service fees at checkout. They have some of the craziest low prices that I'm seeing for even NFL games. I think the Cleveland Browns, you could get into the stadium for two bucks. So if you want the best deals out there, go to tick pick. David national champion
3: National Championship is at SoFi this year. You might you can go to tick pick, see my possibly Michigan Wolverines play Ohio State or Alabama or uh, uh Georgia. Pass it over to you, David, to introduce this. Okay, so we're going to do a, a a draft, and the draft is we're each going to draft five sportscasters. So this draft is the best sportscasters or broadcasters, play-by-play, analysts of all time. And snake so, draft. Snake draft. So we're going to offer the first pick to our guest today, Chris. Uh, Chris, would you like the first pick or would you like to defer? I will accept. Okay, Chris is going to get the first pick. Kevin, you want second or third? I'll do third. Okay. So it's going to go Chris, me, Kevin, and we're going to draft, do a snake draft, and we're each going to have five uh, men or women as our broadcasters. Chris, you have the first overall pick in the Incline Sportscaster draft. You are on the clock.
2: Okay. Well, I mean, given the spirit of everything that happened this year and some of the most prominent legendary voices that we lost – I would be remiss not to mention this is the Dodger podcast guys. How do I not pick the goat (laughs) Vincent Scully? I I mean, this guy did it all. He had a, a, a superb 60. What was it? 67 year career with the Dodgers going back to their days in Brooklyn. This guy was the sounds of summer. He was the voice, not just of the Dodgers. He was the voice of baseball. He was Los Angeles, baby. Vin Scully, so many iconic moments, so many iconic stories. I'd be remiss if I didn't go with with him and not think about the middle of summer watching a ball game as a kid um, on KTLA 5 or KCAL or Fox Sports West. So shout out to my guy, Vin Scully, with the first pick.
3: I think that was the Michael Jordan of picks. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to get flamed for this. I can't risk not having him on my team. So I'm not going to go with the obvious picks here. I just can't risk Kevin possibly taking him, even though I don't think he will, but I just can't risk it. I'm selecting Gus Johnson with the second overall pick. Nice. Uh, He is by far the best football announcer currently, without a doubt. He has everything you want in an announcer. He is charismatic. He is funny. He is electric and if you notice if you watch college football any game Gus Johnson does ends up being a crazy game it's just he just brings that out in the game so i can't risk not having him that there, yes there's some heavy hitters still on the board but gus johnson is my favorite my second favorite announcer of all time so gus johnson is now off the board all right
1: i'm excited for these next two i feel pretty good about them so chris hit the 1a the one of the one of the biggest voices of los angeles i have to take the other biggest icon and voice of los angeles what is showtime what is lakers basketball without the guy that coined the frame slam dunk no look past the jellos jiggling this game's in the fridge i'm talking about the great chick hearn r.i.p as well so i'm taking him uh didn't get to hear a lot of him unfortunately because he passed away when i was Kind of in my youth, but Kobe to Shaq, even we got a little bit of that. Shaq's birthday game, iconic. Um, and then to follow that up, maybe the best color commentator in my opinion. Boom, we'll go with John Madden. Damn it! <laughs> <They> literally made. <laughs> that was my next pick off the football board game. games after him. What is Madden football without John Madden? I don't think a further explanation is needed. You were supposed to say boom. Tough
2: acting ten acting. Yeah, turducken turducken baby all
3: right well that was a good pick with madden uh those are the two i i i figured were the next off the board i just couldn't i just needed gus needed gus okay so my next pick
2: uh uh yeah yeah good go, go, yeah, yeah
3: is uh just a guy who is just has a classic voice uh he does multi-sports he's versatile and he's just part of my childhood and, and even to now i'm going with jim nance uh, Jim Nance does the masters. He does college basketball. He does football. He just does it all. He's a comforting voice. I like to hear his voice when there's a game on and he's just a classic solid play-by-play announcer. I'm going with Jim Nance. Good pick.
2: Yeah. I like it. Uh, back, back to me. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you that, got two baby. picks now, Chris. I got two. Okay. So back to back picks. I am going with the man who coined the phrase. Yes. Also did multiple Sports, I did baseball, I did the <laughs> NBA, and, of course, I did the NFL. Bryant with the facial. Of course, I'm talking about marvelous Marv Albert. Yeah. Marv, uh, I mean, so many iconic moments. I mean, one of my favorites was the 91 NBA Finals when Jordan did the midair hand switch against Sam Perkins And he's like, the look away from Livingston. Here's Jordan. Oh, a spectacular move by Michael Jordan. (laughs) Like, I mean, just so many great moments like that. I miss Marv. I know he just recently retired. That is definitely my number two pick right there. Uh, And going back on the other end of it, I really love this guy as well. I I think he's going to stay on the board, but I'm going to take him right now. And that was Marv's replacement at NBC for a few years, Bob Costas. Costas is a legend. They did a lot of stuff together with it, you know, with NBC and uh, you know, Kevin, you brought this one up the 2000 Western conference finals, Lakers and Blazers, Brian to Shaq. And then the crowd just erupts. And my favorite line is, is when he says back from the brink of elimination to the brink of the NBA finals. Like he just had so many great moments. He's still got a show right now on, uh, on, on HBO. He does MLB. Love Bob Costas. Michael Jordan shot. Oh yeah. Who, uh, that might've been, who knows what will unfold over the next several months, but that might've been the last shot Michael Jordan will ever take in the NBA. And if that's the lasting image, what a way to go out. (laughs) Good pick.
3: Good couple picks, Chris. All right. Um, I'm going with Chris Berman here, just classic, entertaining, nobody like him. I want to be entertained when I'm watching a sports game or, or a highlights or a Sports Center or whatever he's doing. And Chris Berman is at the top of the entertainment list. There, I mean, his the fastest two minutes are a classic. I loved watching that growing up. He still does a little bit on the side, which is kind of weird, but he's still he's still around. Uh, but Chris Berman is a no brainer pick for me here. Solid. I'm gonna choose a John Madden's
1: counterpart and go with Al Michaels because. Yep. I like the Marv Albert pick. I like the the Costas. So I was worried Michael's might have gone snatched, but I mean he did basketball, he did football, he did baseball. He's done everything. The Olympics, I think, uh, um, just another icon. So I have to take Al Michaels. He's still going to this day. And what is a Sunday night football without Al Michaels? And uh, my my other pick. This is where it's going to get a little tough because I liked a lot of those guys you just took, but. I'll just take another legend. Oh, my. I'm talking about Dick Enberg, voice of UCLA basketball for many years. Another guy who did a ton of sports. Just one of the smoothest voices in the business. So I'll take Al Michaels and Dick Enberg for my back-to-back, please.
3: Okay, uh, I'm back on the clock. I'm going to go with a just classic voice again. I'm going to go with Vern Lundquist uh just phenomenal does does multiple sports uh college basketball college football just I, when i watch march madness i want to hear vern lundquist that's it's that simple send it in big fella i just need vern need vern on my squad uh and chris is back on the clock
2: Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good one. I am going to go with the voice of the LA Kings, Bob Miller, because Mm -hmm. how many, how many guys could also say they were in two mighty duck movies as well. Uh, Bob Miller was the voice of the NHL for a long time. No, no disrespect to doc Emmerich. I'm not a big hockey guy, but I loved Bob Miller smooth, exciting, clear. I, I would be remiss if I didn't go with uh, another LA broadcasting legend with, uh, with Bob Miller. Definitely missed as well um and it's still on me right on, yep. on the yep, your last My pick. last pick oh i got i can't believe he's still on the board i am a huge fan oh right between the eyes kevin Harlan. <laughs> yeah nfl I'm- nba yeah he is he is awesome he is now uh taking over lead uh for for turner sports uh, up high down hard. Or of course my favorite, Oh, LeBron James, no mercy for human life. <laughs> yeah. And another guy who also did, um, uh, what, what else did he do? Uh, he also did college, you know, he does college, but he does NFL. Uh, he's done it all. So huge Kevin Harlan fan, love the excitement, love, love, love his broadcasting. And of course love the tone of his voice. So Kevin Harlan's a
3: great pick. Uh, thank, thank you, Dave. He, uh, when he, have you seen when he calls when fans run on the field?
2: Oh, when he does yes, that yes, it is yes. it's
3: classic. He just play by plays fans running on the field and getting tackled by security, it's amazing. <laughs> okay, my last pick I'm I'm really torn between two guys. But I think I'm just going to have to go with the entertainment factor. New broadcaster. Has only been broadcasting for about a year, 2 years. Uh, I I I'm really passing up a legend here in favor of this, but if I'm going to go with the full entertainment style, I'm just going to fully embrace it. I'm taking Pat McAfee here. Uh, I'm passing up a legend. I don't want to say his name because I don't want Kevin to get get him. But Pat McAfee right now is probably the most entertaining broadcaster uh, on on the air. Uh, He brings the flair. He says what no other broadcasters will say. He's relatable. And in terms of entertainment points, I'm absolutely mopping the floor with you guys right now. So, Kevin, you're up. Wow, I was worried you were going to
1: take Doris Burke. I was sweating for a second. (laughs) (laughs) I want to win this thing. So, good God almighty. I can't pick Jim Ross, unfortunately. Although, I really want to. What is WWE without that legend? I'm going with Dan Patrick. Because who dominated the radio waves more than this icon? ESPN for many years. Fox Sports. Sports Center. Sports Jeopardy. All kinds of miscellaneous football hosting so dan
2: patrick you were my final pick and in three adam sandler movies grown-ups um what was the other one he was in grown-ups he was in the longest yard and gosh what was the other movie he was he was in i think he was also in i now pronounce you chuck and larry played the cop with the mustache yeah, yeah. so so yeah good couple good pick.
3: of my couple of my honorable mentions, which I, I really wanted to pick, but just didn't have enough spots. Brent Musburger, Bill Rafferty, Keith Jackson. Joe Buck doesn't get enough credit. I'm surprised Agreed. he didn't go. Uh, Gary Danielson, also good. Scott Van Pelt. So, you know, I wish I had about three or four more spots because, honestly, I should get credit for Bill Rafferty because him and Vern Lundquist kind of go go hand in hand. So I'm just going to proceed with Bill Rafferty on my team as well.
2: Uh, honorary mention for me, Stephen A. Smith. Yeah. Uh I I think he should be on there. Uh Bill Walton. Hey, he's been around yeah. for a long time. <laughs> yeah. He did yeah. a lot of NBA finals. Love love Bill Walton. Uh and you you gotta throw Stu Lance in there. I think Stu's done mm-hmm. a fantastic job for for a long time. But yeah, those are those are some guys I want to throw out there. Kev, who's on that honorary mention list of yours?
3: Jack Buck. Come on. Did you even listen to
1: him? No, but he had the other Kirk Gibson call. Yeah, I can't believe what I just saw. Sure, Jack Buck, Cardinals legend as well. Um, I just had him. I mean, Skip Bayless, but if you want to no, lose, you you dude, can pick no. Skip. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, Red Barber. That was the other one. That Bob Eufer. was that Bob his name? Euker.
3: Bob Eufert. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. good. Harry Carey surprised didn't get picked mel well, allen I mean,
1: we're not cubs fans
3: yeah and we're also yeah. like not like 60 so
1: wow david i actually was surprised you didn't take joe buck because you, you you talk about him so much
3: i thought when you were when do to, i talk when do i talk about joe buck well not when? on the podcast but yeah, but when i don't talk about always te- joe you're buck always texting much. me saying he's so great he is good he gets yeah, so but- he gets so much slander for no reason
1: and that's what I'm so that's what I'm saying. I'm surprised you didn't take him. I, when you were talking about Gus
3: Johnson leading up to him, I was like, oh, he's taking Joe Buck, but no, he, no. Gus Johnson has always been my guy. He is he is the best. I hope he I hope he announces till he's a hundred. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised you didn't take Joe Davis, Kevin. Talk about well, someone you're always talking about. Little too premature. Let's give him another
1: five to ten years. He hasn't had too many iconic calls just yet.
2: I can I uh, can I make a confession, please? I missed Joe Buck during <laughs> you, these you, MLB playoffs. Oh, me too, hundred percent. Yeah, no disrespect to to JD. He did a fantastic job during the regular season. He did a fantastic job during the playoffs. But I am a uh, I am a nostalgic guy, and I grew up with Joe Buck. Yeah. I was in the first grade in the '96 World Series when he called his first World Series. Braves Yankees. So that's how far back I go with Joe Buck. Yeah, line drive up the middle. It's a base hit. Yeah, he's good, no
3: doubt. I
2: prefer no, Brian I, Anderson. I, Brian I
3: Anderson's really good too. He's
2: Underrated. Yeah, yeah, coming up. Yeah.
3: But yeah, Joe Buck is clear as Joe Davis. I don't care. This is this is a Dodgers podcast. That's just that. Those are just the facts. So if you don't like them, that's I. I that's okay. But those are the facts.
1: We'll put a poll on Twitter so that you guys can vote whose team you prefer the most i'm gonna get smoked but i don't care i'm
3: standing by my team
2: i had the first pick so if i don't win that's just a travesty right there fire fire your
3: gm (laughs) if you don't win you gotta fire your gm
2: or a a would say that is blasphemous right there yeah yeah.
0: That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All
1: right. Well, uh, there's nothing really else going on in Dodger land. Um, I might be missing something. I have another miscellaneous off the wall topic in a second but Chris or David bring something to the table.
2: Take it away Chris. Yeah, so my my mind goes to the bullpen as well as veterans in general. This the St. Louis Cardinals at the beginning of this offseason non-tendered former closer Alex Reyes and I was very intrigued by that especially considering The closer situation for the Dodgers is kind of iffy. Yes, Evan Phillips is still there. Yes, they have Yancey Almonte. I know Mark McGuire went on 570 uh, Fox Sports Radio and vouched for him to be the next closer of the Dodgers. You got Bruce Stark-Ratterall. You have guys capable of closing. But Reyes, considering this could be a guy trying to get get himself back on track after an injury-riddled and subpar 2022 season, could this be somebody the Dodgers take a flyer on and maybe not like say this is our closer, but give him an opportunity to uh, see what he's got during the spring and potentially be a closer for them next season.
1: Sure. Yeah. I'm actually surprised he hasn't signed yet because there was so much steam picking up for a good week and it's been crickets. Um, I would love him on the Dodgers. I think they are one bullpen arm away from being completely stockpiled. I've said it every week now. I still want them to trade for Liam Hendricks though. I think they need that man in the bullpen and I'm looking at all the guys. Don't get me wrong. We got a lot of great arms, but when you have an elite bullpen, you usually need a leader, someone that everyone else can look up to someone that, you know, that's our guy. We want to build the bridge so that when we get to the ninth, this guy's going to shut it down. I feel like that mentality that someone like a Liam Hendricks demonstrates, I think that's, that goes beyond the field. That's mentality X factor.
3: Yeah, I, I would like, I wouldn't mind it. Uh, I think the Dodgers bullpen is loaded as is. I mean, you can go down the line and, and list these guys, Almonte, Bickford, Ferguson, uh, Victor Gonzalez may have a rebound, Gratterall, uh, Shelby Miller. They signed to be a reliever Phillips uh, Vesia. And then one guy you didn't mention, Chris, who I think is going to be the closer is Daniel Hudson Uh Torres ACL in that freak injury. But I think he's going to be back sooner than later. They said his recovery is ahead of schedule. He has closer experience. He closed out the the 2019 World Series, I believe it was. Uh, that's that's the closer in my mind. Uh, I think they they're going to give him a chance to to be the closer. I think they want Phillips in that Trinan fireman role while Trinan is gone. Uh, and I think that's 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 the right move for Phillips. I think you use your best reliever in that role. Uh, but I, I think Daniel Hudson is, is going to be the guy. I really do.
2: Yeah, more than likely he is. He's definitely the safest choice and the only one out of that group that actually has closer experience. But at the same point in time, I am just intrigued by Reyes because this could be catching lightning in a bottle. And we yeah. know you put this guy next to Bard, next to Mark Pryor, two really good coaches who brought out the best out of these pitchers over the last three, four years. It's worth a shot. So that was one part of my question. So, sorry, Kev, I'm going to... Just do a A. 1-1-A. Are you guys in favor of signing Jose Iglesias as well as Cesar Hernandez for infield depth if Muncy and Gavin Lux don't work at second and short, respectively?
3: Go ahead, David. I'm going to lean towards no. Um, I think this roster is pretty full. I'd rather them add an outfielder um, because you always have Chris Taylor who can play short or second. So I think if it was up to me, I would I would give Gavin Lux the full keys. I would give him the key to the city. I'd give him the key to the Mercedes. I'd give him the key to the house. It's his position. It's his role. Give him a chance without someone they sign kind of breathing down his neck. Uh, I think we've seen him flourish at times, and I think we've seen him kind of struggle at times, and that can kind of uh, snowball for him. And I think they got to put him in the best possible situation to succeed, uh, which is in my mind, an open runway. I think the guys you mentioned are good depth pieces, but I don't think they're necessarily necessary. I think they signed that uh, Yoni Hernandez guy from the A's uh, who can play infield. He can play all over the field. I think he's a depth piece. I think that's a good guy to have in the minors ready and waiting. Uh, you have a Maya if, if something happens. So, I lean towards no but I, I I don't I wouldn't mind it. I was hoping you would bring him up Chris because of our uh, back and forth.
1: Jose Iglesias is so bad. <laughs> like that is like signing Jimmy Rollins but even worse. He played for the Colorado Rockies just a season ago and had an 85 weighted run created, WRC+. 85. That's below league average and he was at Coors defensively in two- 2021 Negative 20 defensive runs saved, and that was with the shift. You throw him out there, we're talking about complete disaster. The batting average is completely deceiving. I think he hit, uh, looks like he hit 292 somehow last season, fit,
2: fit, fifth in the NL last year at one point.
1: And I don't know how that's possible with the, such a low weighted run created. Uh, he had a war of one, so he's not really adding much value in terms of that either. He was basically a starter. Um, I just don't. See, he had an 089 ISO, and that's also a guy that's playing in a major hitters' park. So, yeah, he's a good contact hitter, but I don't really see the value he's going to add to the Dodgers other than plug it up another Hanser Alberto type of role, like get this guy off my team ASAP, let the
2: young guy play. I'm just looking at depth at this point and an insurance policy. And by the way, the Yankees employed a similar strategy last year, they signed Isaiah Kiner Falefa. Uh, to kind of be that bridge. Remember, everyone thought they were going to go after Story or or Seeger, and they ended up signing kinder felifa to be a bridge to and Oswaldo. And Yankees fans hated it. Oswaldo Cabrera, but he was still solid. That guy was still starting games in the ALCS. So I'm just saying sometimes— They back. him back? He's well, back. Is he, is, he, is he back with the Yankees? Yeah, he's back. Well, there you go. So depth purposes, probably a good clubhouse guy. So I, I'm just saying— there are times where while you're trying to create this bridge and understand do art do these guys have a future? It's nice to know somebody who's been doing it at a level for last year. Not to mention, I just want to point this out: nineteen errors for Trey Turner at shortstop last year for uh, Jose Iglesias. I think eight or nine.
1: But I'm I've been <laughs> pretty outspoken saying Trey Turner is a bad defender, and I was not willing to pay him. So you're preaching to the choir with that one.
2: Okay. I just wanted I wanted that to be thrown out there. That's all, and and I've always liked Cesar Hernandez. Everywhere he's gone, he's been productive. A solid two forty to two sixty type hitter. A little bit of pop, good speed. I, I'm just saying, that's a solid piece. These are just nice pieces to have around. That's just that's just me.
1: I'm, I'm more in favor of Hernandez, but same story. We need outfielders like me yeah. and David have been hey, saying. Like, Pollock
2: is still out there. I, I'd be down for a Pollock reunion. I know? like the guy. I just
1: I just. Don't see it. I could live with it, but I'd rather get someone that can play center fielder center yeah. field. I think, I think that's Jackie
2: is Jackie Bradley jr. Still available. He might be, he might still be available. Uh, how old is he at this point? That's
1: another, that's gotta be another Jason Hayward minor league signing at this yeah. point. Okay. Mean, we have enough of those.
2: Yeah, no, I, I think they got Zimmer and Steven Duggar. I'm really intrigued by the Steven Duggar pickup. That could be something right there. That could be a Taylor type guy. Cause he he's kind of been thrown in the garbage for no reason. I was like, this dude's still young. I mean, he lit up the Dodgers in the what 2019, 2020 season. So yeah, he might still have a little something left.
1: Yeah. Um, not gonna hate on that one because he is a Dodger now. So we'll see what happens. He can't when...
3: hurt us anymore, also. <laughs> True. The see bad man is spring, gone.
1: When spring training gets rolling, which is uh two and a half months away, three months away. I don't know. A little less than that, Kev. Yeah, two months two away. away. Yeah. That's be in January. All right. Anything else, guys? Any miscellaneous
3: things? Well, you said you had something. So I let's do. Hear it.
1: All right. So last night, this was uh Thursday, the 29th of December. Went to the Magic Castle. First time ever. It was cool. More expensive than Disneyland. I will warn you of that. Cost me 50 bucks to get in the door with valet included. Then you have to pay for dinner. Uh, I had to pay for my wife as well. That was another $200. Every drink was like 20 something bucks. So long story short, I think I was out of that place. $300 less rich, but cool, cool experience. Magicians love magic. I'm a big magic guy. So throw me your recommendations. Big fan of that. But where I'm actually going with this is after we were driving home, the LA roads are legit terrible. They have to be like the Pittsburgh Pirates or old school Baltimore Orioles of like all the roads in the world. Not one, but two of my tires were slashed because of some stinky pothole. Oh, my gosh. Do do something better, LA. I'm, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Like, I don't know what's going on in this world. My wife's car was totaled like a week ago by just being parked on the street. And I think some drunk driver took it out, moved it three lanes over to the right and ended up in like the center island, island insanity going on in L.A. right now. So if there's anyone working for the city of Los Angeles, listening to this for the transportation part of the, the sector, do a better job, please.
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't live there right now. I haven't lived there for five and a half years. But I can imagine when it rains, they're not really prepared for that. And I can imagine the rain affecting the potholes. But this is a whole nother discussion for bureaucrats, not me, some idiot on a Dodgers
2: podcast. I, I was an actual city of LA employee for oh well uh, there we go <laughs> seven years, but different sectors. I worked in parks and recs, that was my first job. I was 16. And then when I got to college, I worked for the port of Los Angeles. Uh, but mostly on the uh, <clears throat> I worked uh my division handled the billing for the for the container companies. So I worked more or less in, in that field. We brought in a ton of revenue for the city of Los Angeles, you know, simply by being at the port. There's a, so much red tape that goes into this stuff to fixing potholes to road work. I mean, the biggest issue that's been consuming everything has been homelessness, but people forget there are other issues out there like roads need redoing, like, you know, uh, you know, infrastructure built. you know, they, they, just barely finished the Gerald Desmond bridge that takes you from San Pedro to long beach. That was like a, that was 10 years in the making. So all of this stuff, Kev, it takes a lot of time. So I hear you, and it's terrible. And by the way, my car has been hit twice by a drunk driver, and I live in Rancho Palos Verdes, or I used to live in Rancho Palos Verdes. So that's a good neighborhood. And that's, I mean, bad stuff just happens all over the place. So just wanted to throw that out there uh, to, to you. So I, I definitely feel you on that one. All right. right. A few quick
1: hitters, and then we're going to end the show. First off, favorite movie of 2022, go.
3: Ooh. need to think about that one (laughs) (laughs) it's it's not really a quick hitter for me what what have i seen in 2022 for me Uh, personally personally. i'm going
1: top gun maverick normally i don't normally i don't pick action movies as my favorite for the year uh i've seen a lot of good films i saw glass onion recently like that a lot but top gun maverick just hit differently the cinematography amazing
2: I, I I second that. I don't think there was a better movie that came out than than Top Gun uh, Maverick. That was a that was a really really good movie. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Man, that had me on the edge of my seat. And that was my first time going to see a movie in a the theater in like four years, man.
3: All right, uh, I'm trying to find something, but I'm just gonna go with one that I saw pretty recently. It's called The Contractor. It has Chris Pine in it. Really solid movie if you like action and kind of drama movies, thriller ish e, not like monster thrillery, but just twists and turns. So I'm just going to go with that one off the top of my head, but I'm sure there's a couple I'm missing. All right. I could do
1: shows or music, but I feel like that would just be too confusing. But best album for me was Fontaine's, DC's, uh, Skinny T. Fia, probably butchered that, post-punk Irish band. Check them out. Um, any final thoughts, guys?
2: Crazy year for 2022 and disappointing for the LA teams. That's for sure.
3: Yeah. uh, I'm optimistic for this Dodgers team. I don't know why I am, but I am. Uh, I think they're going to add maybe one or two more pieces before the end of this. And I think the young guys are going to surprise a lot of people. I think a lot of people are kind of worried that they don't get the, they don't have the big name free agent signing, but I think, I think this Dodgers team is going to do some damage. Uh, I think the Padres have to be the favorite at this point, Uh, but I think the Dodgers can get it done with what they have right now. The underdog Dodgers, the story of
1: 2023. Love it. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, David. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to the Incline Dodgers all year long. We're going into season five, I think, for the 2023 season. So there you go. Um, Everyone, have a happy new year and a...
3: Go Dodgers. Go Blue also. Go Michigan Wolverines. Take a minus seven and a half.
2: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving.